Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Logic, you are listening to the sweet spot. We are talking DFS golf for the Charles Schwab Championship at Colonial Country Club. Joining me as always, Alex Remazowski. What's going on, Alex? Not much. Doing pretty good. Uh, for those who don't know, Charles Schwab Challenge, uh, you might not recognize it immediately. It's probably one of it, it's the longest standing tournament at the same course on the PGA Tour, but it's got a new name. And it's gone through a lot of new names. So, uh, just I said so championship you know. tonight. It's it's a challenge. That's right, because they they are invitation only. Not uh, so. There's only 122 golfers, I believe, this week. Yeah, and I've actually been saying in my head all week, Charles Schwab, Charles Schwab Cup, Charles yeah. Schwab Cup. It's not cup. It's not championship. It's challenge. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The, the golf world has its uh, its own idiosyncrasies when it comes yeah. to naming tournaments. Sure does. Sponsorship issues. Yeah. But uh, so give us a, just a little quick taste of what we're going to see this week. Yeah. So we are at Colonial Country Club. Like I said, it's uh, been on tour forever. It's the longest course, the longest standing tournament at the same course on the PGA Tour. Dating back to like 19, uh, you know, a lot of years. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a lot. Um, like you said, we've got a reduced field. It's an invitational, so you don't have your whole 155, 156 player field. We're, I think we're looking at 122 this week, which is nice. You're going to have a higher percentage of players making the cut, top 70 in ties. MDF, I never know the answer to that until we reach like Friday and someone tweets it. So. Yeah. I wish there was just like a site where you could like look at all those things, but I, I assume any seventy person cut is an MDF, but you never know. Yeah, you know, the way I look at it is if Saturday comes along and you have that guy in your lineup what goes like plus nine and ends up like T seventy six, um, you're bummed anyway and who cares? You're done. Yeah. So colonial. Fort Worth, Texas, par 70, 7,200 yards, got a lot of par fours. You're pretty standard. It's going to be very Texas-y, um, not so wide open. There's a lot of trees, tree-lined, and 
7200 is not long, so we're focus on, focusing on par fours, uh, mainly accuracy over distance. But as I spoke to you earlier before this pod, I am growing to be a believer in like distance is distance is golf these days. It's like NBA is now three pointers and the NFL is like catching running backs, whatever. It's like all one player. This is the golf is a distance game these days. And if you have the distance and you're able to keep it somewhere near the fairway, you're going to be three steps ahead of the rest of the field. So that's something to think about. But on paper, this is an accuracy course. It's Texas. The weather looks awful. Like, what's new? There's probably going to be like four different rain delays and a Monday finish. Hmm. So it should be fun. Yeah. That'll, uh, that'll make things interesting. Yeah, uh, interesting note uh, on the how you're mentioning accuracy and, and length. Uh, Josh Culp in, in his piece had mentioned this week that uh, here uh, 71% of the top 10 finishers had positive form and driving accuracy, where the tour average is 53%. So that's a, a big jump in accuracy. And 44% of the top 10 finishers had a driving distance greater than average on the field. So I feel like you need both. It's, it's you know, you, you can't, you can beat this course with just accuracy, but you, you're you going to have an easier time always with, with some length off the tee. So, um, you know, you don't need to go out of your way to get the, the Luke list types, but, uh, you know, a guy like Justin Rose who can do both is, is definitely a, a nice, uh, piece to have in your your puzzle yeah well said well said and um we won't even get into the the putting layer of this because that's just a conversation that will never end yeah i mean there's there's no good way to to predict putting like the way i approach it is i try and figure out who is who's a good putter on the surface type and by good putter i mean somebody that, that can perform well um and, and really, I like to see people avoid three putts is, is a main. I feel like that's a more true measure than a than just strokes game putting because you can get hot and you can sink some long putts, things like that. But but three putt avoidance, that's really where I think that the true putting uh, metric it, it lies. So I like that. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, and you know, with it's it's a weird field because of the you know the, the, the invites. It's a smaller field. It's kind of top heavy, and then just falls apart as you go through into the eights. Uh, and then we've got Jason Kokrak withdrawing, so that that's a guy that people were pretty excited to play. That's not there. Um, I, I don't know that it's worth paying up for these guys at the very top because you the scrubs are just ridiculous. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to make a stars and scrubs approach, but. Um, Go, go ahead and, and pick your favorite guy in the 10K plus range. Yeah, I will. I'll just say I, I actually kind of agree with that. Um, this especially scares me coming off of the PGA Tour or the PGA Championship. This is a kind of new thing because the PGA Championship was moved so far up that now we have this like three or so. I think it's three weeks in between the U.S. Open. And we have these big names here. Justin Rose, you would assume, is coming back because he won last year. But being at Bethpage, now he has to like fly to Texas. Um, I would like to actually check what the following week is and if he plans to play in that. But last year, the only reason he played in this tournament was because he 
was fulfilling a tour requisite to add an event that he hadn't played in in the previous four years, and then he won it. So By like n- ten shots with a twenty under. <laughs> right, right. So then, like, it's like, this is not kind that of bad frowned upon if you don't go back after you're the defending champion. No person's ever won it back to back. But it seems logical that like a lot of these guys wouldn't necessarily want to play in this. But maybe you like Colonial. Um, it's very well known to the tour, so. Uh, Justin Rose, it seems the opposite of that, but then again, he won last year, so it's hard to say, but if I had to choose someone up top, I'm going with Ricky Fowler because he is, he's not going to let you down. He he did it again last week. He did the the, the just typical, typical Mm -hmm. Ricky Fowler. John Rum's too expensive here for me. He burned me last week, but he's like, you know, that makes me want to play him more. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Spieth, I feel like he played just well enough last week that everybody's going to want to be on him yeah, again. History. So, so yeah, I, I like that you went Ricky there because I agree with with Rose and Rom. If they don't win the tournament, uh, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna be where you want to be. I mean, you might be over the cash line, but uh, if you don't have the winner with one of those guys not winning, you're you're probably not uh, making much money. Um, but that said, uh, I don't I don't love Xander here that much because it's not a, a big spot. Uh, for whatever reason, that narrative seems legit with him. So I'd probably go Rom out of those other three. Um, you know, like you said, you're gonna you're gonna get some discounted ownership because people are pretty ticked off that they they burned him, including myself. But uh, you got to get right back on that horse. Me too. I continue to be 100% wrong on Rom every single major, every time. Every time, yeah, he's, if, if he's he can, not he can my crash lineup, and burn in some big spots. I, it's I, don't, I don't know so, what it is about his personality. But. It's so brutal. If if he's not in my lineup, he's top five and just like creeps his way into top five. And if he is, he's, he misses a cut, and that's that. Him going out and winning here would be so fitting to just rub everyone the total wrong way uh, after they, you know, destroyed his laps. Yeah, he'll probably finish week. like T two to like. Siwoo Kim in a playoff. Right, right. (laughs) Like, who knows? I don't know. But I I agree. If I had to choose two, uh, Rom and Ricky, I like that. All right, let's do the nines. I got two guys I like fairly equally, so I'll let you go first again. Strictly numbers wise, right now, Paul Casey's coming in tip top for me. I like it. Yep. He's one of the ones I'm, uh, I'm on. He can putt, he can drive, he's accurate, he's safe. Um, this feels like the kind of tournament he can win. Like, there's not much pressure. Uh, everybody's kind of, you know, in, in a different gear coming out of the major. Um, and remember that it's it's the week after a major, so things are going to get bonkers. Guys, you think are dependable can totally phone it in. Um, it, it can be a little nutty. Yeah, I and this is like reminding me, like the one thing I think you missed there is Paul Casey can play in the shit. He can play in the crappy weather. He can play in the wind. He can play in any situation. It reminds me of Pebble Beach earlier this year where he was second place to Phil coming down to the wire there. They finished on Monday. Um, But it just makes sense here. He's been so on and off that hopefully people will still be maybe a little scared of him or maybe enticed to play other people around him. But I like him here. Yeah, with with that uh, with that forecast, keep an eye on the, the Euro golfers because they're guys who are used to this uh, windy and, and kind of rainy 
bonkers weather. Yep. Um, the other guy for me, uh, speaking of yours, Francesco Molinari in, in this range. Uh, you know, he's he's. We saw what he can do on a course that you need some distance with. You know, uh, at the Masters. So uh, on a course like this, where where he can compete uh, on more of a level playing field, really like him. Uh, uh, you know, when accuracy matters, you got to mention Molinari. Yeah, it's like Molinari almost makes too much sense here. It scares me because it's too perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right, then getting in the eights, like I said, Jason Kokrak uh, withdrew. He was he was probably my top guy out of everyone, uh, maybe excluding those couple at the top. Um, but yeah, so that's a shame. Uh, outside of him. I'm interested in Emiliano Grillo. He he hasn't had the best season. Um, but he was there last week, though. He was yeah. creeping. He was creeping, and then like Sunday was rough for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, he's rounding into form, though. He's another you know, like we're mentioning, a Euro guy that that can handle the wins. He can handle some some messiness, um, and, and he's got a pretty a pretty hot putter. Uh, you know, here at uh, here at Colonial. Um, He's got the second best strokes gain from what I'm seeing. So, uh, a guy who's definitely liked putting here uh, in his in his limited experience. He's played here three straight years, getting better each year. Fifty fifth, twenty fourth, and third uh, last year. Uh, so that's uh, that'd be my guy in the eights. What about you? I mentioned this guy last week, and it turned out that it. It, it wouldn't have been your worst play um, of the week by any means. Scott Piercy has been playing very, very well. He he makes sense here. Um, it's always tough to play some of these guys at these price tags. Like, I, I put a tweet out a while back. Rory Sabatini has mm-hmm. been just like, it was like, Pretty much a T5, T18, T10, T36, T24, T22, T8, T12, T36. It's like like exactly what you want from a guy like Rory Sabatini. And that just continues to scare me and scare me and scare me and scare me more. So I'm just waiting for him to... Uh, like 8,800 Rory Sabatini, I don't think I could do it. He's going to miss the cut. And he's going to knock 40% of lineups just straight out of the thing. <laughs> so that makes me... Even more so, I want to go to Scott Piercy, who's a little cheaper at 86. And he's also been playing great. And I think people, like Scott Piercy has been around long enough and has gone had his ups and his downs so much that people are probably just completely scared of him. So I like him. And then I got to mention Chez Revy and Joel Dahman, two other great <laughs> options in the eights. I mean, Dominant has just been dominant. I should <laughs> t-shirt dominant. Joel, dominant. I yeah. love it. And then Chez Revy is like my accuracy uh, staple. Yeah, I, I played some Revy last week, and uh, it, it did pretty well. Too bad it was in my ROM lineup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It's so tough. I, I, was sit, I was sitting there on Friday looking at top 20s from Brunson, Burgoon, and Chez Revy. Uh, I was going to ask you if you went with the Burgoon call. I, I did, and then Rom missed the cut, and I had Rory in that lineup, too, with, with the extra salary. Uh, and, you know, he, he kicked the ball over the course, which uh, it's just like, man, uh, if I could have got the top right, that would have been a really tight lineup. But what are you going to do? so brutal that I only ended up with a few Brooks lineups, and uh Looking back, that's one of those things you're just like, Brooks all day. Like, 
come Brooks and DJ should have been in everyone's lineup, like both of them. Yeah. Should have just made a hundred lineups. Let's start it off with Brooks DJ because it was very <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah, the the field allowed for uh, some some pass last week, but yeah. So so Reby, you know, uh, coming off a strong showing, needing the accuracy. I'm down with that. Piercy, I don't, I don't know. He's one of those guys that I just he seems to just will in. in spots that you need him to to perform so uh he scares me but yeah the stats look good and then on our way out of the eights you've got uh everyone's favorite first round play kevin Na. uh i'm not seeing it i don't, I don't think uh I, I don't think he's playing very well right now uh so i'm not that interested in mr uh nah kevin Nah shares the 18 hole scoring record at colonial with six other people, but it was a 61, I think. Like, it's something crazy left. Maybe not 61. What, what yeah, do we no, say 61. about Kevin Na? What do we say about Kevin Na? Uh, like he breaks my heart way too often. <laughs> Don't play him when he's chalk. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. I think I bet him here last year. Or what, where did he win last year? He didn't win here. I don't Never think mind. it was here, but it was, it was in the summer here. Yeah, it's too early in the season for me talking about my one outright win ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good week for me because I was actually on now that week. But All right, so now we're into the sevens. Uh, give, give me one or two names here you're liking down in the sevens. I mean, I hate to do this, start out at top, but Zach Johnson read this stat today. Zach Johnson has finished outside the top 30 at Colonial just three times in his 13 starts at the event and his first cut ever was 2018 so that kind of throws a wrench in things but he's had phenomenal course history uh 2014 he finished in 73rd 2017 t63 and then cut but if you really look at those like whole that long term there and the fact that he is pretty much trending upward and was able to make the cut and do a little something with it last week at a very difficult course that does not suit him at all. Zach Johnson is actually interesting here and first round leader. He's like, he's my first round leader guy. So that I would recommend. Um, So up top, that's who I like. Anyone catching your eye from the, the upper sevens? Sung JM, uh, seventy seven hundred. I think this is the uh, the kind of course to fit his game. Just keep grinding, doing what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's only a matter of time for him. It's only a matter of time for Domin. Uh, there's a couple other names out there that we keep seeing and we keep talking about, and you got to stick with them, and it's going to pay us eventually. It's got to. And you got the, uh, the the British boys Terrell Hatton and Graham McDowell in the seventy eight hundreds. If we're uh, if we're sticking with that Euro theme, they've got the kind of games that could get it done here. Yeah, it's kind of a couple more that scare me a little bit. But um, Daniel Berger, did he burn you last week? You play any Berger? Uh, I think I had one lineup with Berger. I think he was he was decent. Yeah, it was looking awesome until Sunday. He tanked uh, big time. Yeah, T seventy one. He was like like in the top five, top ten, the first three rounds, looking great. I had yeah. some Adam Scott, Daniel Berger, and Brooks in a lineup, and then Berger just tanked. Uh, that hurt. Yeah. Um. Not so much interested in him, but like going down, Jimmy Walker has been definitely been trending up, so that interests me. Uh, Texas, that's a good thing for him. 
Uh, one name I do want to mention, Matt Jones. I'm going to like keep playing him, but he's been playing great lately, and he always goes under the radar. He's a wind golfer. Yes, big time. He can, yeah. uh, and he's an Aussie. I think that's part of the uh, the wind profile. Yes. Um, Corey Connors, 7,200. Uh, he's uh, If he can get it done on the putting green, that's usually his trouble. Uh, on a course you don't need length, he's, he's a good bet. Uh, in my opinion, yep. especially in he's this field, like statting out great for me too. Yeah, I mean, I I know he's he's kind of a fringe PGA guy, but um, you know, uh, it, it gets ugly after after this after seventy two hundred here in a hurry. So, yes, it sure does. So, Speaking yeah. of, throw a punt our way, Alex. Sub seven. Ah. Uh. Subset. I could. I could probably go very low for you. Um, sub seven. I just had someone on my mind. Kevin Streelman. I'm going to stick with him here because the last time, name. the last time I shouted him out, I it didn't hurt you. I don't think it like helped you too much, but I do like that. Um, looking real quick. Um, Oh man, it gets it gets pretty brutal down here. Like Max Homa, I I like want to be long on him, but he, as we know from a couple weeks ago, even from last week, he's he's the he's the guy that uses the long ball to his advantage, like big time. So not necessarily someone I'm loving here. Uh, anyone? I like Adam Shank a little bit. Uh, he's. In these kind of weaker fields, we've seen him do pretty well. So at sixty five hundred, if you need a punt, not the worst option. Yeah, that is um, definitely true. That he will uh, randomly show his face week to week. There were a couple guys I was down here, like Andrew Putnam has not been playing well, but I, he's I mean he's a good golfer, and I yeah. I want to look further into him just to see. I don't really know if he's. I feel like he doesn't hit the ball very long. He might be more. He's kind of. He's kind of like average in everything. I feel like uh, he's not a super accurate guy. He's not a super long hitter, but he's not short and he's not inaccurate or inaccurate. His course history not not bad. Yeah, it's not not fantastic. Yeah, not not really much to note about him at at this moment. But um. My very you got Don Bazelli down here, sixty five hundred. What scares me about him is his off the tee abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's every time, like I want to shout him out. Like every round he plays means a lot. But what scares me about him lately is just that you see him play very well on Thursday and very well for most of the day on Friday. And then it's like you can see the nerves getting to him. And he ends up just like, I don't want to say imploding, but like getting (laughs) like that double bogey that puts him like just behind the cut line. And when he makes it, he's up there. It's just like he needs to get those four rounds and just get over the hump. Like he is a great golfer. He's got the short game. He's got the irons off the tee scares me a bit, but always a punt, always a punt in my book. All right, let's um, wrap. Uh, let's wrap up with a little one and done. Um, sounds you know, good. Kind of, kind of a a weird week here. Uh, you're, you're probably either feeling pretty good if you if you had a guy like Brooks or DJ in your one and done. If not, you might be looking to uh, punt a little bit. 
Anybody on the top of your list? Yeah, well, I was like full ROM wanted done last week, which was <laughs> very sad. But at least I can say I had already used Brooks, so it wasn't right. like a huge disappointment. But um, yeah, I mean, like if you're gonna go chalk wise, I think this might be a good time to use Jordan Spieth. Yeah, uh, he might be popular, but. Uh... You know, when are you going to use him? It's, it's, you've got a small window here, perhaps. He's trending upward, and this is like, this is, this is Texas. This is where, look at the field. I mean, it's Jordan Spieth, and he's starting to look better. So it, it makes sense to me, but it probably makes sense to 75% of your one and done right. tournament, too. Yeah, I like the cut below for either Molinari or, or Paul Casey. Uh, I think both of those guys are. You know, especially with Casey, there you're not saving him for for a big spot, uh, but he's a nice, solid guy. Should get you a little return. Yep, I agree. If you're going real low, I I'm very interested in Zach Johnson this week. If you're looking for like a complete flyer, no top names type yeah, deal, a humongous tournament could be yep. interesting. Yeah. All right, guys, that's what we got this week. You, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Roto underscore one. You can follow Alex at Donald Remington. Uh, you can join Line of Logic, get our cheat sheet and the, uh, the model that Alex puts together each week. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash lineuplogic. Good luck, and may the sports be with you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.